All right, here we go. It's another podcast of IFM Radio with a special guest today, Saba. Hello. How's it going, Saba? Great. And how do we say your last name properly? I don't want to butcher it on Nessarian. the Nessarian. Thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, because I, I know how to say it, yeah. but if I say it wrong, not cool, not cool. Uh, so this is uh, my second podcast of 2020. Ooh. Congratulations. So, so special. Yeah, so special. Yes. Uh, I took a little bit of a break, uh, so busy with stuff. And um, now, I'm, you know, you and I have been playing around with the idea of getting you on here for uh, a bit. And, and yeah. I'm glad that you finally uh, made the time to, to come down here <laughs> to do this. So, Start the year off you. right. Exactly. Thank exactly. you for having me. Yes, thank you. Okay, so Saba. Who is Saba? Where did you come from, Saba? How did you get here? Well, um, I'm Iranian. Originally, I moved to Ottawa when I was 13. You were born? I was born in Iran. Oh, wow. Yeah, I yeah. Know. I moved when I was 13. I think that's like the only vivid... 13? Yeah, only a couple of years ago. 13 years? Yeah. Old? Really? Yeah. I see. I did not... That part, I don't think I... I not just knew a lot Ottawa. Of yeah. yeah, I knew Ottawa. So, wow. Okay, so you were yeah. born... You came, wow, because you're old enough to come over. So, that must have been a... a quite the change at 13 no yeah i mean i still remember walking around school with like a dictionary in my hand and like people would be saying things and i'd be like looking up words like the, fir the first time someone ever said fuck to me i remember like looking at <laughs> through the dictionary and be like it's not in here <laughs> not what does that mean English, what is this? yeah no yeah wow yeah. i didn't know this is like i've known you for so many years i did I not know. know this if you ever catch me angry you'll catch my persian accent a little bit apparently when i'm angry i just kind of lose all concept of where i am yeah, the yeah. Farsi just gets out there. Out. Yeah, so you obviously you speak. Well, that's crazy. I didn't know because even for uh, being ESL, I know I did. I did ESL until like my first year of high school. But when you come over, they make you do this test of like competency and like how much do you know? And they're like, well, your math is at a grade eleven, but your English is at a grade seven. So why don't we just yeah. settle at an eight? and oh, just get okay. yeah so how was it adjusting to just life in Canada, especially ottawa too right i mean so cold yeah i was gonna say oh. like this is a, just that alone is yeah. a change obviously weather climate massive change but i mean that must have been something else it was different i mean so like we weren't used to going to school boys and girls right it was like separate, yeah. separate. so mm -hmm. that was different we always had to wear a headpiece um and like the the one thing was school back home was very competitive that's one thing I'll never forget. When I was an A student back home, when I moved to Ottawa, I was like, okay, like if I get a B, I'm good. Because English, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I remember when we were younger, it was like you were ranked from 1 to 20. And everybody competed from 19.97 like to 20. And that's how like if you were up there, then you were the smart students. Anything below that, you were not mm -hmm. re really regarded very highly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when I moved here, it changed to like, okay, if you're like an A is a range of like... 80 to 100 and b is a range of whatever like the range was so wide um didn't really understand that um but yeah the, the language barrier for me was huge my dad i remember took us shopping at like men's gap when i first moved <laughs> i have like this memory of like high-waisted pants and like a men's sweater oh my god yeah yeah it was uh it took a while for me to find myself in this culture i think like my sister poor girl like she started in high school um, which is tough when you're coming from a foreign country, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I had the luxury of having one year in grade eight yeah. um, and then transitioning over. But yeah, I think I didn't actually like embrace the culture fully until like grade 11 or grade 12. Really? Yeah. And how was it like, 
how were the other kids? I mean, were you bullied? Were you picked on? Was anything out of the out of the normal you would you would imagine or? No, I was. My sister got picked on because high school. The high school um, okay. I didn't. No, I my one of my friends, and I'm still friends with her. Like one of my dearest friends, Jen. She grabbed me as soon as I walked onto the school campus, my first day back, like in Canada. And she just took care of me. She took me under her wings. Yeah, wow. it was nice. I was very, very lucky. Like if anybody wanted to bully me, she was just very like protective, which was nice. Yeah. 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 What did your parents do? my dad worked at nortel yeah my mom was a stay-at-home mom when we were back home so she did the same when we came here i think like later we found out that my mom was taking like side jobs because we weren't obviously like well off (laughs) right so it's amazing we don't see but you're a kid but it's actually happening but you have no idea right yeah yeah she's like she tells us now she's like i used to pack boxes and get them shipped just so we could have like extra income so um yeah and then nortel obviously went upside down like shortly after we moved here oh my God, yeah. which is shocking like if if you are someone that's established imagine you like having to move from an established environment to a new country and then having that whole world turn upside down oh i couldn't imagine yeah. i mean i've had uh at one podcast uh with javier he's from from cuba they were they immigrated to the states and we talked about immigration i mean it, just that alone is yeah. obviously a very interesting topic because a lot of us <laughs> who were born my parents came from malta they're immigrants but i had the privilege of being born here yeah and not immigrating and like learning english and stuff like that right i mean yeah. i had no clue and i've known you for years yeah years <laughs> and this this just came out um <laughs> but and, and, and obviously i mean i appreciate that the mentality too right i mean immigrants work i mean yeah. they definitely want to they appreciate things differently like you said right I yeah mean, you have a little bit more competitive back home you get to Canada that maybe they don't work as much. Some things are differently right? yeah. or, or different for sure. But it also created this thing. Like I remember when we were moving, my mom was like, we're not going back. Cause obviously like the Iranian culture, not super friendly to girls. Like you'd have to yeah. just be married when you're 25 and have kids, whatever. But that constantly created this thing in my head of like, okay, I'm not going back home. And then when I moved to Toronto, I'm never going back to Ottawa. Like if I get a job, I'm never going back to my last job. It just created that whole thing of like, you just have to keep going forward. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of, it created this kind of self-created pressure, I guess. Yeah. Where, as did, well. you, where did you go to university? Carleton. Oh, yes. Carleton. I went in to do, um, I always wanted to do advertising and somehow I ended up in HR and I took one semester of it. I was like, like I'm a people person, but I'm not a people person in the sense that I'm ready to spend my career listening to people complain. If that <laughs> so makes you could sense. Be a therapist. <laughs> no, I'd be a terrible therapist. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, Carlton, then it's okay. So what kind of jobs did you do when you were younger? Was there anything that, that, uh, I mean, when we first moved, I went to work at Wendy's. I was going to say, did you work at McDonald's? Oh you worked yeah. At Wendy's. Yeah. So Wendy's. Do you, do you still go to Wendy's now or are you done with Wendy's? I'm, I'm, uh, loyal to a fault. So like Wendy's, wow. I will still eat. I used to work at the gap. I'll still like go shop yeah. there once in a while. Like it's just, their style has changed. It doesn't really fit what i do anymore but we're getting older it's not as obnoxious as i like it to be obviously um but yeah wendy's wendy's yeah then then i upgraded to retail um my first day at wendy's actually i knocked over like a pile of cut up vegetables and i was like (laughs) terrified (laughs) they're gonna fire you oh totally yeah um and then once i went to university i started teaching aerobics classes full-time so i was teaching like i was managing the ymca's volunteer aerobics program 
So on any given day, I could teach two to five classes a day and then go to school. No way. Yeah, it was. Aerobics um, teacher. I know. I'm learning so much today. So many new things. Woman of mystery. And I think I actually did. I probably met you. I saw you because you competed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was a show many years ago. Yeah. When I I was at Eye of Eight, I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we're going to get we're going to get into some of the uh, stuff after school, some of the business stuff. I mean, I've I. I also do like to start off podcasts too. It's where did I meet you? I always yeah. like to say to people, you know, the people that I know and all that. Yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> I'm trying to think of exactly where I met you the first time or where we came across each other. I mean, it would have been I of eight days when we were buying ads and stuff at that point. We were like the largest media buyer yeah. in North America or something. So we were... Cons- the names, yeah. Yeah. And I started at I of eight in the media department and I got put in charge of it we'll make sure you get out of PO and get it signed I think that's where our paths first yeah, crossed from the scene some people I, like I've met them but it's not like a specific date because they've been around you may have seen the name yeah um, but I know f- with you I'm trying to think too because you okay so you went um, after school you started where was it at I of right yeah. after school okay yeah. so I was how long how many years did you spend there five years Oh, wow. Yeah. Five years. 2006, so I was there. What positions uh, What positions did you have? Um, I like to say that like I had like four floors and I went basically to every floor except for the executive floor before I got out. Um, yeah. So I started in media, um, which I loved. It was a lot of fun. Then I went to copywriting for HydroxyCut. Okay. And then when we bought Xenadrin, I was part of like re- the rebrand of that and copywriting for that too. And then... Um, my boss back then, John Coyne, moved to sales, and he's like, "You yeah. look like a workhorse. Let's go." So, there, yeah. yeah, went to went to sales with him. Which, oddly enough, I never thought I'd be a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've spent majority of my career in sales, but most people w- would have never known that I actually am introverted and scared of selling. Um, Are you in sales? <laughs> Are we all in sales? I guess. Yeah, we're all selling something. Yeah. <laughs> so I elevate. You do that for five. Sorry, for five, five years, years. Yeah. And then after that, where did you go? Oh, yeah. I went to um, Brown Foreman, who's a distributor for Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. Yeah. So you went from the supplement industry <laughs> to the alcohol industry. I like to say that I went from one drug to another <laughs> drug and oh. just upgrade my whole career as just a drug chain. All drugs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's for sure. <laughs> um, and so you were doing sales there? Yeah. So. Before Jack Daniels, I had never actually really drank. Like, I thought a white Zinfandel was, like, hardcore. Oh, wow. Um, and I remember, like, when I was doing the interview, the guy was like, you know, thank God you're analytical because obviously the alcohol knowledge isn't really there. Um, How old were you when you had this job at Jack Daniels? I want to say 24, 25. It's very young to yeah. be in, in, in a pretty cool job, too. I mean, yeah. a cool brand, of course. Yeah, totally. So did you drink quite a bit doing that job? I How did. I got thing? like I gained so much weight on that job because my territory was the cottage country um, and it had been vacant, I think, for months. And I got in right as we were launching coolers. Summer was coming like that's where you make the sale. So I had to sample stuff for people to to buy it. But I, and I had to speak from like, this is what it tastes like. Um, so it was a lot of, OK, sip it and tell me what you think. And the, I remember the first time I ever tasted we had tequila in our portfolio. And my boss goes, well, what do you think this tastes like? I'm like, I don't know, nail polish remover. Like, okay, so you never say that to people. Just yeah, tell them. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but ever since then, I, I have a much, as you know, much bigger appreciation for tequila, certainly, and vodka and yeah. wine. We've and had a couple of drinks. Yes. <laughs> We've done some, some business meetings. Yes. So to speak. Um, okay, so you worked at Jack Daniels, you did that for a year. Mm-hmm. And then after that, where did you go? So while I was at Jack Daniels, I got a call from this guy that was a franchisee at GNC and said, hey, this brand I know, Cellicor, has been trying to launch in Canada for a few years. They've tried, they failed, they tried again, they failed. Um, and he had known me from my muscle tech days because I had gone around to just kind of see how, what we can do better as a brand. So he thought, because I know the Canadian market, maybe it makes sense for me to have a chat with them. So I did. Um, obviously, the job was much bigger than I was ready for, I think. Um, a little bit of history with Cellucor. Um, they had launched in Canada prior to when you were hired, and then they were, I think they were here for a bit, then they were yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a first-time launch. I do remember when we probably first started meeting. I remember because I, I worked with the brand way, way long, long time ago. And that's actually, yeah, that's, that's not as easy to come no. back. So it's not like a brand-new brand. It was something already kind of been there. It failed, I think, at GNC. Yeah. In fact, they had these kits, and you know, it didn't work out. And then now you step in. Yeah. So you you met them. Yeah, I met them. Um, you want to know how these things happen. Yeah. Especially at your age, too, because you were what? How old were you when you worked at Cellucor? I would have been, I mean, 25 or 26. I was only at Jack Daniels for a year, so I was still pretty young. Um, I, I mean, I met with them. I put together a business case of, like, what I think, how I think a Canadian business should run. Uh, for the supplement world and you know keeping in mind that alcohol experience came in so handy because back then sampling wasn't what it is today in the supplement world right like but you pitched like so there's an opportunity they didn't just say oh we're gonna give you a job go ahead run camp you're like this is my idea yeah Okay. Yeah, and like this is what I think we could make like realistically the first year, second year, third year. Like I went down to like this is how many stores there are in Canada. This is what we can attack the first year and the second this year. Was a brand new position, right? There was yeah. no one in this this spot. No, and it was brand new for me because you know I had never done a Canada wide anything before, right? So um, I wanted to for myself wrap my head around like is this realistic? Can I do it? Um, so I had put it together and we went out for dinner at Darnold's. Um, yeah. They flew me in. We had a secret meeting where I spilt water all over myself, and I continued to just pitch. Um, oh, wow. oh, it was great. You were, were you uh, intimidated at all, or were you oh, yeah. nervous? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, again, I'm not a back then. At least I wasn't a salesperson, so it was like, okay, one, I have to sell myself to these people I have never met before. I don't even think we had even had a phone conversation. So people. I, I didn't know much about them. I didn't know much about the brand. Um, and also I was like, okay, I'm selling myself into this job that is completely opposite of who I thought I was as a person back then, right? So I had to convince myself too. Um, terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah. Imagine. I mean, you're, you're young too. I mean, take, take into consideration how old you were. Yeah. Uh, didn't really, I mean, you had industry experience, but mm-hmm. you weren't on the side of sales, right? I mean, so that goes to kind of show you too, right? You, you could know certain things. Yeah. But you weren't scared to try something totally new. No. No. And I mean, the lucky thing is I've always been analytical. Like I think my parents did a great job of like putting math like on our radar all the time. Um, And I think it was like right when Moneyball was coming out. And I always say this because people are like, this is ridiculous. But that's just now become how I do any kind of business is if you've ever watched Moneyball, it's 
you know, the what is the one thing you're trying to achieve? What is the one thing that means anything to the business that makes it go around? So that's what I ended up building a business plan on. Like the one thing that matters to us is units per store per week. So once I kind of started talking to them about like, we're talking about big numbers, really it's just down to one number, slant mm -hmm. it out that way and let's go and see what happens. And it just so happened that it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So you got involved, so obviously started with Canada, but then you started getting involved in other countries. Yeah. So I did Canada. I want to say for six months, I brought on Eric um, yeah. to help run that because we had worked together at jack daniels and he gave me a run for my money so i was like that yeah. is the one guy i know that has like the exact same work ethic as i do um so let's go get him um put a team together and put Canada, a team together yeah and, and then, then able to go work on other countries what was yeah. the first country outside of canada that you worked on uk oh really which is a hard one because it's there's a lot of local brands uk's historically been really big on e-com back then like Amazon and eBay were still like, they weren't as big as they are today, obviously, but they're still significant. Mm -hmm. um, and then just the cost of importing and exporting stuff was challenging. We had set up a distributor out there who was just running rogue. So trying to clean that up. Like I, I was officially the person that, you know, came to Canada, cleaned up something that was, that had, I guess, failed. And then, okay, that got clean. Let's go to the UK and do the, do the same thing. Um, and then we started talking about, well, can we do something in Mexico? Um, and then, you know, my boss at that point had recruit or tried to recruit someone else to oversee global because he was getting promoted to the chief operating officer. And then we had a candid conversation and he said, look, if I bring someone else in, it's a matter of I'm bringing someone in that has relationships. Yeah. Um, I was lucky that he believed and, you know, however I got us to the numbers that I got, it was analytical and it worked. So he said, you can get relationships yourself. So if you understand how the business works and you're friendly enough that you can build relationships why not go do that as well so Very he cool. gave me the rest of it yeah Very yeah cool. yeah so then how many countries I, I do remember at one point you traveled probably like everywhere yeah right how many countries did you end up getting to oh i don't even know yeah, really? there was there was a there was a lot i couldn't put a number on it to be honest with you but yeah i was i was on the plane every single every single week i think and again that was back when the face-to-face -face thing not a lot of people were putting value to it and I, I again was trying to navigate and see what are people doing and where is there a white space for me to step in mm -hmm. and you know as one of the few females that was out there doing that um yeah. and no relationships I just kind of thought if I'm in their face and if people get to know me people want to do business with people that they like at the end of the day right I agree with you I yeah. would say that people <laughs> have to buy things yeah. they're gonna buy it from people they like yes you know what I mean I mean yeah uh, supplements aren't uh, not necessarily a necessity of life mm -hmm. for people. Yeah. But certainly there's you know, interest there. So I agree with you on that yeah. one. I mean, makes a lot of sense. So you, you had spent time, I mean, learning stuff because yeah. there was no, I mean, you were young. Yeah. But it's not like you have uh, probably even been to the UK, let alone, right? Like you have to go learn I was scared market. of flying, right? Like I used to take <laughs> gravel like wow. on my way to the airport and i used to always say if i'm awake when the plane is taking off i'm gonna freak out like i need to fall asleep um that eventually turned into like i'm gonna have wine before i get on the plane but yeah it was yeah. i was terrified i hadn't flown since we moved from iran to canada yeah. right so the whole concept of like okay you got to fly to vancouver at first i was like ooh, five hours i don't know if i can do it and then i was like five hours you got to go to australia or like you got to go to india yeah um, i haven't been to australia or india and a part of it's because of that flight is not yeah. like I'm not, yeah, 
Yeah. I used to like there there was times where I would be just so aware of like, okay, underneath me there's nothing but water. Yeah. Um so like what happens if there's an emergency? Like yeah, what do we what do we things do? go through your head yeah. and all that. But then you got obviously really used to it and you were like sort of playing probably every week or a couple yeah. times a week sometimes i could imagine and i mean you probably got that feeling of waking up in a hotel room going where the fuck am i where am i right now there was one time um dos called me like we had a meeting and i literally like he called like hey how's it going i'm traveling where are you and i literally like i was like i don't know yeah like you just got you caught me off yeah. guard i'm like i think uh i don't know i had to look out the window i was like okay this feels like <laughs> it's australia all right <laughs> It's awful. So, yeah, I know that feeling has happened to me a couple of times. Like, I think I'm in Saskatchewan. Hold on. Yeah. And you just look at your phone. Yeah. Um, so then after, I mean, there's so many things I want to talk to you about in the business side of it, but I kind of want to go through after um, Cellucor, you ended up where? This startup called Delivera. Yeah. So they're the, actually the number one selling natural pain cream mm -hmm. in Canada. Um, so they wanted to expand into the U.S. Yeah. Um, and the U.S. was the one market where I hadn't fully gotten my kind of my hands in. So good learning for me. So I, I took that on um, lasted about six to eight months, I think. And then they decided they don't want to do the U.S. anymore. So see you later i see do remember later. that part yeah and at cellucor you were a vp mm -hmm. and then you went there we're gonna obviously go to, go to business that didn't end up happening yeah so how was that what was going through your mind after that because you had achieved a lot at a very early age yeah you know and i'm sure we're not getting into all the details but things happen along the way and things happen but how did you deal with that mentally um, to be completely honest, I actually kind of completely broke down for a, a week or two where, you know, I had identified so much of who I am with the job that I do and the company that I work for. Um, yeah. so I, I had to spend a couple of weeks trying to just start not associating myself so much with the job, but just who I am as a person and what I know and what I can do. Um, had to go see a therapist. I went to the landmark courses. Like it's just a lot of kind of soul searching um, and, and found who I was. And then in the midst of that, I just kind of decided I, I should just start my own business. Yeah. How was your social <laughs> life at this time? Because it sounds like you're obviously really, really busy. And did you have much of a social life? I mean, you probably had to make a lot of sacrifices that some of your friends haven't. Um, like leading up to that, I guess... I certainly lacked in like the relationship part for sure. Um, if I went out, it was always a work outing. It was, mm -hmm. you know, if my friends can come along, that's fine. But I'm in town for two days and I happen to be going out. If you guys want to come and see me, that's where we're going to see each other. Um, my, my social circle definitely got smaller. Um, but yeah. then you kind of realize who your real friends are too, right? It's you you find out there are friends that you cannot talk to maybe for a week and come back and you can pick up exactly where you left off and there are people that are high maintenance that need to hear from you every single day and it's just not for yeah. my career at the time it wasn't sustainable yeah no i mean there's sacrifices you have to make not yeah. everyone's gonna understand i've had friends since i was you know four years old and then i had friends you know not for too long but they, they couldn't understand exactly yeah. yeah i mean you have to be a bit selfish to some extent when yeah. you're running like that and you're trying to you know accomplish as many things 
Well, and you um, have to explain how you define balance in your life versus how they define balance in their life. Too. Like one of the hardest things for me was my friends in high school and university were like, oh, I'm just getting married or I'm going to start having kids. And they just couldn't relate to the fact that I was like, I don't want to get married right now and I don't want to have kids right now. Um, and trying to explain that to them became such a like task that I was like, if I have to explain this to you for hours, then we're not really, we were friends in a moment in time and that made sense. And now we're just on different paths and it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, friends are, it's, it's a tricky subject. We can get into a whole conversation <laughs> on, on that one as far as like who's there to really support you yeah. and all that. And I mean, yeah, you've worked very hard. I'm sure you've had to step on some toes as we go. I don't think anyone can get to anywhere without stepping. Not everyone's yeah. going to love you. No. I mean, this is just uh, when you have people work for you. I mean, you had to hire people. How was that? So being young, being female, I mean, yeah. the supplement industry is very male-dominated. I've worked with lots of guys. Um, yeah, how did you how did you deal with that? Was there anything in particular that happened to you too where you're like, fuck, like, I can't believe this this guy said this or this happened? I mean, when I got, I was just saying this to Jenna the other day, when I got promoted to VP, someone called me up and said, who did you have to sleep with to get that job? Um, someone said that to you? Yeah. Which I actually, I thought, you know, we're not in the 70s or the 80s anymore. So not appropriate, but funny. It's said in a a joking fashion, but also something that's just like, fuck, really? It's like, I'm only joking if you laugh, if you don't have an answer. (laughs) But like, seriously, who are you sleeping with? Like, um, yes, people used to underestimate me all the time because I think I also don't necessarily sound like I'm older. Like I, my voice tended to sound a lot younger. (laughs) I, I didn't dress much older, you know, like graphic t-shirts and jeans is who I am. Um, so I didn't help my own cause, I guess. Um, so I, I got underestimated a lot, but I think it also worked to my advantage because nobody really kept me on the radar. Um, cause they're like, oh, that girl Saba, like, oh, she's getting on a plane. Cool. It's funny. Cause I, when I do talk to people, what motivates them, I mean, everyone has these ideas of like, yeah, you know, I really want to turn or make something all that but sometimes it comes from like fuck this guy doesn't think i could do this shit and i gotta prove them wrong totally so you find that something oh i love nothing more than when people tell me i can't do anything even now like even in in my relationship now so that's cause like you can't do that and like does your your boyfriend say i bet you can't shovel the driveway in like 10 minutes he's using these tricks i bet you can't wash (laughs) the dishes i mean i would do that that would be a good trick i don't think he's caught on to that yet i'm sure he will after this but yeah yeah, there you go. I, I'm, I'm helping him out right now. We've got a, a little uh, a tip. I You're bet welcome. You, I bet you can't do this, especially next time it snows. I bet you yeah. can't Yeah. Um, okay, so, I mean, let's talk about, you know, one subject that, that I'm interested in is, yeah, being a female. Not, I mean, being a female in business, being a female in a male-dominated business, what tips do you have for anyone who's you know in the in this area yeah good question there there is a few i think um we were just talking about this too understanding the politics that goes behind that is really important and just i've never been good at playing office politics but i think especially as a woman trying to get ahead you have to be so aware of the game that's being played and just either play along with your own agenda or just be aware of it so you don't get caught um not getting caught up in other people's kind of agendas and stories, I think has helped me a lot. I was just kind of like, I'm going to do my own thing. Whatever is happening out here is just, I can't distract myself with that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which is I think it can be hard because we're also social and we want to make friends and the two sometimes work together sometimes they don't um I think having a plan for yourself and your career and just being fairly local about it for me has been very handy I think even when I was at Salikor I was very you know open and honest about where I wanted to go with my career um jobs after that I've always been open and honest about it um and not only have I said I want to do this and this and I want this title I've also talked about what am I going to do as a person to like you know educate myself or whatever um so it's not a matter of oh you owe me a VP title it's I want to be a VP but these are all the courses that I'm taking this is everything that I've done I'm going to make sure that I achieve it I think um that's important because a lot of women I I find forget that there is something to be said about asking for what you want and what you think you deserve because you women don't do this as much not as much as you know i would as a guy would not as much as a guy would because i think we we think okay if i'm if i'm working really hard um it's going to get recognized and i'm going to get something out of it um some of us are lucky that we work for bosses that genuinely recognize that and want to support you but you're also in other environments where maybe your boss doesn't recognize it or a guy asks ask for it first so um i think we want to be humble and humility is important but just being be aggressive and go for it i think is pretty important yeah have you ever worked for a female (laughs) my first job um linda she was a terrifying woman oh yeah oh my god she was a she was the head of media at at i of eight um i was scared of her like if you had you know, a spreadsheet with a column that was not the same with us. The other one, everything was just like off the table. Yeah. Terrifying. It's funny. Uh, I think I don't have any real exact numbers, but doing, you know, Inside Fitness, when it started off as a men's fitness magazine, um, and obviously we had women magazines and all that, but I think I predominantly had mostly females working with me. Because we're so good. I, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I've yeah. had, obviously, I've had both, but I almost think, like, I actually had uh, an editor, uh, one of the editors-in-chief in was a, was a female mm-hmm. for a men's magazine. Yeah. Kind of unheard of, yeah. really. You know yeah. what I mean? But, I, I mean, I like to think outside of the box as far as if they could come up with ideas and create things. I knew when I started a women's magazine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had no clue. Yeah. I'm like, I do not know what women are going to want in this. I yeah. know what I can package and what I can put together and connect the dots because, you know, it's not certain inside fitness. Yeah. But that was one thing, that, you know what I mean? Like, and even when we do this magazine now, um, I try to do it unisex. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I can't think like a female. Yeah. As much as I, you, know, you try to get inside <laughs> a woman's head, it's dangerous. It's just like, you know, you can't think like a guy too. No. Right? I mean, and you're dealing with all these guys, yeah. right? Like, yeah. So it's a little bit easier for a guy in a world with guys. Just yeah. like it would be a female than with females. Um, do you have any preference as to who you're dealing with or you just don't give a shit as long as people are just working with you? Does it matter to you? Like if it's a guy or a girl? Yeah, does it matter? I, I don't care about whether it's a guy or a girl. What I care about is an open-minded yeah. leader um, versus someone that, you know, is like, I've done this for years. This is how it's done. You got to do it this way or it's not going to work. Um, and so I've had some, both. someone who's leading. So yeah, a superior, someone who's in, in charge, someone who's open-minded. That's yeah. You're looking for. Cause you know, the, the challenge too is like women sometimes don't help each other either. You know, as much as we like to say like, Oh, girl power and like women for women. Yeah. Um, 
we tend to get catty and competitive too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd love to say I would always work for a female boss. The reality is sometimes there are female bosses that are just intimidated or people are people in general i mean it doesn't matter what color what religion what sex i mean people i I mean i listen there's sometimes someone you could meet and they just look at and they don't like you exactly or even the opposite you can meet someone and you've only known for five minutes but you've known them for like five years yeah so i mean i agree with you on that one and i think it's you know one of those things i said we are in a male i mean i'm in a male dominated area when it comes to supplements and all that and I think it's tricky uh, and I mean it's really encouraging because I'm sure there's a lot of females out there who do want to get it I mean it's blowing up the supplement yeah. industry um, and cannabis so that was <laughs> the, the, the next thing I want to yeah. talk to you about because you weren't joking you said you've been all, all the different drugs yeah <laughs> supplements alcohol and then you ended painkiller yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so you ended up working at uh, canopy right yes and um, how did you get that? How did this? How does this happen? Because you were okay. Hold on, I did miss. I did miss something too. Because you were uh, after. Sorry, I was it after 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 Delivera. You went to that other company. Delivera. Delivera. Yeah. And then you did you start? I started my own brokerage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Okay. What was happening at that point? Where like okay, you did these things or successful? How old were you? How old were you when you started your own brokerage company? Oh boy. 31? 30, 31. 30, 31. Yeah. And what ultimately made you do this? Um, so after I had left Salicora, I got a bunch of brands reaching out that yeah. said, we, we like what you did with the brand. Obviously, the, the brand was blowing up. And I certainly don't want to say that it was my doing, yeah. um, but it was a lot of collective teamwork. And I just happened to be one of those people. Who was available in the market at the time yeah. um so people wanted to kind of understand especially with canada being such a unique market how can a brand succeed so i just kind of saw a hole in the market of mm-hmm. brands could connect to retailers directly if they were guided the right way yeah. um and could make it a financially feasible business model because a lot of the brands that were trying to operate up here maybe they were doing it through a distributor or whatever but their cost of business was astronomical um so i kind of went through a couple of them and i was like i think i can help you cut some costs yeah and how did you change going crazy with someone who had spent time working for companies and all that and then you started your own business how did that affect you how did that change you good or bad oh it was very lonely i will say that i think um as much as like let's say Cellicor or anywhere else, I was on the road a lot. It was still the comfort of knowing there's a team that that supports you. This was a lot of like, it pushed my independence so much further because I was like, this is just me. If this takes off or if it fails, it's because I did it well or I did it poorly. Um, So a a lot of kind of pressure on myself for sure. Um, It made me a lot more calculated. I always thought I was calculated, um, but when it's your own business your own revenue and your own cost and you're like everything has to be accounted for and every move you make you have to think it through so maybe a bit more cautious truthfully more than i would have liked um mm-hmm. but yeah now um so you worked with the uh, canopy for a year and almost two years year almost and eight months yeah and that now is uh you've moved on from that that's yeah. something new um 
people probably listening to this right now don't even know. But so that, <laughs> yeah. that, that's over. Fresh off the press. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we had a conversation before we started the podcast. I typically don't like to do that, but I hadn't seen you in a little while. No, I know. We, we started going off and started chatting about this stuff. And then I said to Saba, like, hey, do you, what do you want to talk about really here? And, and that was one of the things, too. It's like, okay, so this is all fresh. This is new. Um, what do you, I mean, we did talk about what kind of things would you want to do? Because you worked in alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's think about it. you. Worked cannabis, worked in alcohol, worked in supplements quite, you know, extensively. Yeah. Uh, you've been all over the world, literally. Yeah. What is there anything on your uh, coming, you know, going through your mind now that you would like to explore? No, I, I'm trying to stay open-minded in a sense that I'm not trying to kind of narrow my search into one category or the other. I think I'm still fairly young and I still have a lot to learn. So yeah. I, I'm trying to approach it from that perspective first of what what do I need to learn as a person um and then based on that where do I need to go today to to kind of get there and from a career standpoint what's going to feed that ultimate goal the best Mm -hmm. um I've toyed a lot about do I go back to my brokerage do I go work for somebody else um each has its own challenges you know working on your own certainly stressful but rewarding um, but it's a 24-7 job, as you know, versus yeah. working for someone else. You're feeding someone else's kind of mission in life and their their goal and their dream. But it's 9 to 5, yeah. which I'm, I've never been a 9 to 5 person anyway. I work around the clock regardless. So, um, I think in today's day and age, there are companies who, who will employ people who are more entrepreneurial. Yes. I mean, certainly, that, that I think that's better than it was 5, 10 years ago. Yes. You know what I mean? People can work remotely a little bit. Uh, I mean... I have staff that, that work from home. I don't have to have them in an office yeah. anymore. Yeah. This is the nature of our business. And when I had writers, I actually thought it was really weird. I thought it was weird because I had cubicles and I had writers there and they were basically there 8.30 to 5, Monday to Friday. And I was yeah. like, how do you get like, how can you write at like Friday at 3 o'clock sometimes? Because I'm a very much a mood person. Yeah. I have to be in the right mood to do certain things. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so... The future right now, obviously anything could happen. Yeah. Anything, you know, I, I, I was saying to you earlier, I think that's kind of the exciting part. I mean, things move and change. You're still obviously very young. Uh, yeah. You have enough experience under your belt now where you can actually think about, I think ultimately we all have to come to this is what is going to make you happy. Yes. Money <laughs> is not always the answer. And, or and, a title. And, and 20, the 24-year-old Saba or 25-year-old Saba, yeah. What would she think about that? Yeah. Right? I if mean, you said to 20, if you could talk to 25-year-old Sal right now and say, you know what? It's not about fucking money. <laughs> would you do this? What do you think? Uh, 25-year-old Saba probably would focus a lot more on money and title. Than, yeah. And then now I think um, I, I battled with that actually a fair bit as my gig with Canopy was coming to an end because I had a great title. I had a great job, um, obviously. Um, I've, I've worked myself up to the point where I'm financially um, compensated well. Um, yeah. But then you kind of get to the point of like, okay, is title everything? Like, am I l- searching for the title or the money because that's actually what I want? Or if that's what I think people will look at and be like, ooh, Sabah, the VP of the biggest canopy ca- com- cannabis company in the world. So yeah. um, I think if I could go back to my younger self, I would just say, you know, it's not money only makes you happy at, for, for a certain period of time and then that's it. Um, I think they say like statistically, it's something like after $75,000, it's just your happiness is, it plateaus or something. Um, 
but I think you kind of have to learn that on your own too, right? Like you have to kind of go through that and then find a place everyone's that makes you diff- happy. Yeah, yeah, everyone's gonna be different. There's some people who you know, it's not enough. So yeah, it just keeps you know fueling whatever it is. It's like they want to cl- keep collecting it. Yeah. Um, have you had anything happen in your life? Anything uh, that was maybe tragic or anything that kind of like changed your mindset a bit? Is there anything that, that you saw maybe about money? Uh, well, not necessarily money, but I mean, even thinking about the happiness part of it, because yeah, when you're younger, I mean, you and I are, yeah. are pretty similar in that sense. I had that mindset about making money. Yeah. Um, anything happened to you where you're like, fuck, like I gotta maybe slow down. Like, did you get sick from traveling too much? Was there yeah. something where you were like worn out where you're like, you know what? I need to change something. Yeah. I mean, when I was at Cellicor, the reason why I left, um, is cause I was, you know, for six months on antibiotics, I just couldn't, and, and I would take an antibiotic and just get back on the plane. So my doctor finally said, like, you have to change something here. Like, we can't keep feeding you antibiotics, and you're obviously not going to stop flying. So, like, you have to make a cho- life choice. Um, so that certainly made me think about about my health. I think, you know, Victor having passed a couple of months ago, that was a massive eye-opener for me because he's... So when you'd worked with before yeah. and elevated... He passed away at a young age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, how, when I knew him, he was very healthy. Um, he used to drive me to work all the time, and we used to have a great conversation. And I think that was one of those things where I was like, okay, like, you got to take your health seriously and your your happiness seriously. You're just – I'm living my life like it, tomorrow is guaranteed and the reali- reality is it's not. Um, so that, that was a good kind yeah. of change in perspective for me for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm um let's see what else can we get into i think so we could talk about your creative side because another thing i see this side know is that you can obviously sketch draw yeah i actually just signed up for um drawing classes like beginner beginner Um, drawing classes but the stuff that you can draw is like unreal it's thank you they've been good but like i haven't had or dedicated enough time to it for a while and it's one of those if you don't if you don't use it you lose it uh, really? it's, it's uh, very very yeah. true and I'm, I'm sure i can pick it back up i just wanted to kind of get a fresh set of like tools i guess can you like sketch out portraits of people maybe like a magazine publisher sometime <laughs> i could hang on my wall i mean i'll hang on my yes. wall with that, but i mean let's make a deal maybe perfect you can figure something out like yes a big, maybe a painting that would be uh that'd be an eye yeah for sure i'll totally do that for you i remember i remember i, I don't know if you were doodling or something like that i can't remember where it was but i saw one of your books i'm like holy shit like yeah here's the thing when i was a kid and now don't forget right owning a fitness magazine around a, i was around a lot of designers I'm around a lot of these guys and i could never ever ever draw i am the worst like i can't draw like a cat yeah I'm, i suck and i was always jealous of those kids that I could <laughs> draw and i would actually kind of this is kind of where it started i would kind of like bribe some of them i would trade them like twinkies gay can you draw like the face <laughs> on this thing and it's kind of probably where i started off my uh, my publishing career yeah um we always just naturally into it like it's something you do for stress relief like what is it uh my mom signed us up for our classes i want to say when we were like as soon as we could hold a pencil in our hands my sister and i um so we always had that going and I've always found that, that whole balance of like analytics and creative has been super handy for my career. Um, but it is, it's like swimming. Like I did an art class on Monday and it was three hours, fastest three hours of my life. Really? Um, you know, it's just like, it, it clears your space. You have to like really, really focus on what you're trying to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you don't have the luxury of like i'm gonna touch my phone i'm gonna like check social media text yeah i think that's good to have a hobby so i do try to paint sometimes oh cool i try <laughs> yeah, maybe you have to come over for a painting. Yes, time. it's it's more of drinking wine than in Perfect. painting. But but I mean, um, I I kind of agree with you. I mean, I see my my phone and I look at it all the time. And when you're actually doing a hobby or doing something, you're not going to be looking at no, you know, your phone or, or even work. It doesn't have to be social media anymore. I mean, it it could just be emails or it could be yeah. whatever it is, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a it's a good hobby. I'm looking forward. The courses are like ten weeks long, and like the first half an hour, I was like, I've made a huge mistake. But, but then, then, like, it went by so fast, and I felt so like fresh and light when it was done. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have stuff hanging up in in your house. You put we just up hung up. I was gonna ring some, and we ended up hanging hanging them up like two or three weeks ago in the living room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like five that I've loved forever, and I think every time I've done a really good drawing, it's happened to be like something's happened in my life like the one of my really good ones was when i first moved to toronto and i had no one and i was by myself in a basement apartment so there's that one um there was a few that i did after like heartbreaks or bad relationships or bad jobs so um it's a collective on our living room wall of oh, yeah. <laughs> where i've been <laughs> well yeah that definitely uh you're very talented i will say because I'm, I'm jealous i'm jealous of what you could do there maybe you can teach me some point at some time <laughs> i'll start my own art classes maybe that's my new business yeah, yeah. <laughs> um there's so many more stories i mean sab and i have uh, hung out for many times we threw a lot of parties yes. we sponsored the hot fit party yes yes that was, was a good neon, time i remember yeah um cruise i i was lucky enough to join the <laughs> cellular cruises that you guys i remember when you i remember because i fought you guys you and eric are like you got to come on this cruise and try i'm like i don't want to get on a fucking boat for like four hours whatever yeah. i want to stay on that boat and all that yeah and that was a really really interesting day that was a fun day that i got carried off the carried off the boat well i'm just <laughs> glad that you made it saba was uh someone had to sign the bill yes but i mean saba did not exactly leave on her own will no. they, she was carried out by a couple people it's true but, but it's yeah true. it's the sun it's drinking and it was i think the pong it was a, i don't know if it was beer pong or vodka pong but it was something. vodka pong yeah oh, it was she, a beer pong no because i don't drink beer yeah. Shots of vodka, though. You have so, me. So I guess from your alcohol days, from your uh, Jack Daniels days, maybe you had learned some things. But. They've changed who I am as a person. And, that, that you know, it's actually kind of interesting because, like, people always, like, look at my resume and they go, like, the alcohol thing doesn't really make a lot of sense, sense in here, right? What you're doing, yeah. um, and it doesn't suit back then my personality. And it's just, it changes. Like, that would be, I would say, like, the pivotal moment in my career where it kind of changed who I was as a person. It took me out of my shell. If you had met me before Jack Daniels days, you would have just saw, okay. thought I'm the most socially awkward. Really? I still am socially awkward, but I just put a better face on when I go out. <laughs> uh, I put effort in. Um, but even as a business person, like we used to walk into a store and just walk out with like or, or walk in with a cart, put a competitor's product in the cart, put our stuff up and just like run out of the store. Yeah. Um, I would have never been that that aggressive with business had it not been for that one year experience. I think a year was enough for me yeah. and my liver. Um, <laughs> but it changed who I am as a person. I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, no, I, I, I could totally see that, you know, and I guess you can appreciate now because you're still young, you're very young. There's lots yeah. of things that I'm sure that will be happening down the road for you. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're very well-rounded. You've covered <laughs> a lot of different things, being yeah. a VP at such a young age. I mean... It's it's very remarkable and, and thank uh, you. 
I value the friendship. We've been friends. It's it's so funny, you know. I I'm doing these podcasts. Not I'm not friends with everyone that I have on podcasts. Yeah. I find it to be a little bit harder to actually podcast with the people I do know. <laughs> uh, you've supported the magazine and myself for many years. You were actually, I remember the ten year anniversary. You sent us uh, balloons. Oh uh, yeah. Do you remember? And I think it was the time the um, stormtrooper. I think that was you. It was a storm. Someone came in. I'm pretty sure it was like maybe it was another time you sent us something, but it was very kind of you. We did the show and you sent a stormtrooper walked in with like, I don't know, it was like. A, oh, fuck. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? It's only Sabbath with this stuff. <laughs> you got to have fun. But I also think that's also. Um, yeah. No, we, we've that. I think we both can agree on. Yes. Work hard. Play, play hard. hard totally. Enjoy life. Yeah. Yeah. I want to wrap this one up, Sabbath. Thank you so much for, you. for coming in. Really this appreciate was fun. it. I think we need to do some more of these. Uh, maybe get some uh, people involved and talk more industry stuff. Yeah, and get some, you know, wine and paint. Is there any uh, anything you want to like promote your Instagram or anything like that? Or <laughs> Sabadabadoo is my Instagram. If you guys want to follow. Sabadabadoo. Um, yes, I'm always up for a good time advice conversation. There you go. People can just DM you. Hey, yes, Sabah, get in my DM. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you very much. Bye.